I'm Dave Champion. The media is, as it has been for the last nine or ten months, trying to drive panic and fear in the public concerning the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So at this juncture, as we're moving into winter and people are going to be moving indoors, and whenever you change behavioral patterns, you change infection patterns, I thought I would share with you some of the, I don't know if I'd call it good news, but I would call it some of the reasonable news, the things that shouldn't scare anybody and should cause people to go, wow, well, that's cool. How come the media never told me that? I thought I'd share some of that with you today. In order to set the stage, let's take a look at some baseline numbers. And to do that, I want to look at a CDC report that was issued on October 23rd, 2020. And it is entitled, they always have such long names, Demographic Characteristics of Persons Who Died Because of COVID-19 May 1st through August 31st, 2020. Now, you'll notice that's not right up to the current day. And the reason for that is, of course, they have to gather the data and they have to look at the data and they have to evaluate and assess the data. And then they have to run it through all their filters and through different parties and then come up to the conclusion. So although it runs through the end of August 2020, it is published October 23rd, 2020. In that report, the breakdown by age went like this. People who've died of COVID-19, 50 years of age, and above 94.6% of all persons who've died of COVID-19. And of course, consequently, 49 and below, 5.4%. Using the CDC's provisional death count from COVID-19 as of October 25th, 2020, there is just a hair under 210,000 fatalities from COVID-19. That means the number of people who have died who were 49 years of age and under is 11,316. So if we take the entire population of the United States, the percentage of people who've died who are 49 years of age and under is four one thousandths of 1%. And if we choose not to look at the entire U.S. population, but we choose to say how many people 49 and under have died within the category of just the population that's 49 and under, which is about 212 million people, the percentage is five one-thousandths of one percent. Those sure sound like numbers that would cause the economy to be destroyed and dictatorial powers to be reigned by governors, right? Maybe. Just maybe we should be protecting high-risk individuals or having high-risk individuals protect themselves by giving them the tools and the information to do that and letting the other 212 million people get on with a normal life. Several months ago, the Italian version of the CDC said that in Italy, 99% of the people who died from COVID-19 had a comorbidity. That's basically code for a chronic disease. The CDC here in the United States, just, I don't know, probably five or six weeks ago as I'm making this video, came out and said the number of people with comorbidities who perish from COVID-19 is 94%. But we really can't or shouldn't use that number because of the convoluted way the CDC compiled and analyzed the data, which 
calls that into question has caused a lot of strife in media and social media and fact checkers and so forth because of the way CDC collected the data, formatted it, and analyzed it. So let's exclude the U.S. CDC number. Back in March, COVIDnet said 89.3% of COVID deaths involved comorbidities. And in April, New York State Department of Health cited the number of 86.2%. If we average the number from Italy, the number from COVIDnet, and the number from the New York State Department of Health, we end up with 91.5% of all the people who've perished from COVID-19 had a comorbidity, chronic disease. But let's not use 91.5. Let's be a wee bit more conservative. Let's just round it out and call it 90%. Follow along with me now because I'm actually taking this someplace. Just, just follow these numbers along. If we take the total number of people who currently have died in the U.S. from COVID-19 who are 49 years of age or younger, that number being 11,316, and we remove the 90% who had one or more chronic diseases, the number of people 49 and under in the United States as of this day who would have perished from COVID-19 is 1,132. 1,132. And just so you know, that's 12 and a half days of deaths from automobile accidents in the U.S. Let's do that very same exercise with the total number of COVID-19 fatalities, not broken down by age, just the total number of fatalities in the United States as per the CDC's provisional death count, which is as of today, 209,568. If we take that number and we remove the 90%, remember we've taken the more conservative number of 90%, of the people who had one or more chronic disease comorbidity factors. We remove them from the equation. That means right now, here in the United States, a whopping 21,000 people total, 21,000 people total would have died of COVID-19. I said I was going someplace with this, just follow along with the number. So here's where we're going. Imagine if SARS-CoV-2 had hit the United States in 1890, before chronic disease was a thing. I mean, it was virtually unknown. The number of people who had it was so infinitesimally small. Doctors had to travel halfway across the country to learn about things like diabetes because they'd gone to medical school and, and worked for decades in their career and never even met a person who was diabetic, no less had a patient who was. And now we have one in seven Americans is diabetic. So back in 1890, uh, chronic disease, no matter which one you're talking about, was virtually unheard of. So had SARS-CoV-2 struck the United States in 1890, the total death count for people 49 years of age and younger, that demographic for the entire country, sea to shining sea, 2,206. And the total death count for all of America, no matter what, without any consideration of age, everybody, if this had hit in 1890, based on the numbers we've talked about so far, 4,100. So we have 1890, chronic disease virtually non-existent. 4,100 people, coast to coast, that's it. That's all the people that would have died from this virus. 2020, we're sneaking up on 210,000. 4,100, 210,000. 
the difference being the existence of chronic disease. So, what really is actually killing these people? The virus or chronic disease? I raise the issue because the connection between chronic disease and being killed by any number of contagions, it's not just SARS-CoV-2, this happens with the flu, it can happen with any upper respiratory disease causing virus, it can happen for bacteriological infections. As a matter of fact, we now know that the vast majority of people who died from the Spanish flu didn't actually die from the virus. They died from what they call a super infection, with, which is one or more subsequent bacteriological infections that the body couldn't fight off because of because it was already fighting the virus. So the, the immune system was already taken up doing this, and so it could not take care of all of those things. But you cannot find in the media today, because I tried before I sat down to do this, to talk to you, you cannot find any connection between chronic disease and all the deaths that are occurring from COVID-19. It's like it has been wiped off the internet. You can see a little stuff about comorbidities, but when you look at the connection between chronic, you try to look at the connection between chronic disease and the deaths of COVID-19. Silence. Virtually impossible to find any connection. And clearly, as I've demonstrated for you today, the connection is the single largest element in the entire equation. But if you're the media, government, a health expert. Don't tell that to the American people. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again right now. Do you imagine that this is the last such virus or contagious outbreak that's going to occur worldwide or in the United States? No, of course not. You look back at history and see that it's not going to be the last one. Those of you who've been following me for some time, you know I wrote this. And I want to talk to you for a moment about chronic disease and how it develops. Because let's say it's another 20 years until we have another SARS-CoV-2 type outbreak in the United States. What happens between today and then? What you'll learn in body science is exactly how people all across the world, but what's just specifically, I want to talk about those in the United States, are breaking their bodies down day by day by day by day by day by day. But it is so infinitesimally gradual that you don't know. And suddenly, when you're 36, 41, 52, what have you, depends, there's some bioindividuality involved here and depending on exactly what you're doing to your body, how quickly or slowly the matter progresses, but suddenly, the doctor is going to tell you you're hypertensive or you're insulin resistant or you have metabolic syndrome or you have type 2 diabetes, you have heart disease and so forth. Okay? And you're going to wonder, how did I get here? This will tell you how you get there and it will tell you with scientific evidence how you are moving yourself there right now, just a little bit every day. So, where will your health be? Where will the condition 
of your cells, the health of your cells. And by the way, we're not just talking about the immune process. We're talking about all of the trillions of cells in your body because each of them, we, we don't tend to think this way, but each of them is a constituent element, standalone on its own. It's either healthy or not. I'm here to tell you that what you're doing is you're slowly poisoning and making ill every single one of the trillions of cells in your body. But since you can't communicate with any cell, like, hey, man, cell, tell me how you're doing today, man. Since you can't communicate with them, you don't know until the doctor shares with you the things like just, you know, you're hypertensive, you're, you've got insulin resistance and so forth. Until you hear that, you haven't come to the moment of truth. So I would like to suggest, I don't know, I'm crazy. I know. I don't think like most people think. So bear with me here. I'm going to suggest you get that, you read it. It's super easy to understand. And then you stop the process of poisoning every single one of the trillion, multi-trillion cells in your body, that you stop poisoning them little by little by little by little every single day of your life. I don't know why anybody would want to do that. So when I say, why don't we stop it? To me, it's like just common sense. But there's not much of that left anymore. Mm -hmm.